Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, your weekly therapy session for those that sell for a living and those that coach those that sell for a living. And I am super excited for my guest today because this man I've known about 35 years and I know he's spent most of his adult life helping technical salespeople and sales teams in general just improve their craft. And so what better way to... Uh, to expose his brand new book, which comes out today, The Six Habits of Highly Effective Sales Engineers, than to have him on Ales with Aslan. I want you to welcome Chris White to the show. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much, Scott. It is an absolute delight to be on with you. Um, and yeah, I mean, can you believe it's been, it has been 35 years since we graduated from high school. Amazing. Um, that is an amazing thing. And, and to have the opportunity to, to kind of you know, circle back with you and, and our, our professional journeys have, have uh, you know, recently realigned. Um, it's a thrill to be here. Yes, it's, it's great to be here. And Chris, of course, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this great book and, and how it can help all of our sales friends out there, we, we have a little tradition on Ales with Aslan where we crack something cold and frosty on these Fridays. And um, so I'm going to invite you to go ahead and, uh, and imbibe in something refreshing. Tell us what you're drinking. Well, uh, thank you very much, um, and, and it's a pleasure. So I'm first going to give you the, the delight. I'm going old school. I don't know how well you heard that. Um, Good. It's a nice sound, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm actually drinking a local beer. This is from, a, from a, a brewery right here in Loudoun County, Ashburn, Virginia, to be exact, Old Ox Brewery, mm. and this happens to be an, an alpha ox. It's... Um, it's a, a hoppy beer, but it, it's also lo a little lower in alcohol content. So since, you know, since we're still, uh, you know, kind of earlier, you know, early-ish on a Friday, um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get too crazy. I thought about going for one of their double IPAs, but I thought maybe something a little lower. So I'll pause and just take a sip. There you go. Old Ox Brewery. What, what was the actual beer? Um, it's, it's actually called the alpha ox, alpha ox, I'm like, like, like the alpha male, right? The alpha yeah. ox. I like that. Um, and it's only 4.5 alcohol content. So you can, you know, it's more like a session IPA. So you can have a couple of these, you know, on a Saturday afternoon and, you know, still, still catch a football and throw a frisbee. So, um, it's a, it's a delightful hoppy light beer. That, that is, that sounds really good. I wrote that one down. That, that might wind up in my rotation next time I'm down in your neck of the woods. It's, it's a worthy, it's a worthy beverage for sure. Well, let's see. I'm going to stay in the South. I'm going to go back to Nashville. Those who listen to the show religiously know that I, I have a daughter in school down there. So I've been testing many different uh, Nashvillian beers, if that's nice. Right. Here today, I have the East Nashville Beer Works. And you're going to like this because I think you and I both enjoyed this show when it was on back in the 80s. Uh, Brute Willis, not Bruce Willis, <laughs> Brute Willis. <laughs> love it. I love yeah. that. It's a Brute IPA. This crisp and dry IPA is aptly named. It pours like champagne and delivers a crowd pleaser. Muted flavors and clean finish means it goes down easy. It's an ideal ballpark drink. And of course, we are in the middle of ballpark season. So I'm excited. I'm going to crack that open and have a little taste of that. Excellent. So it's ironic while you're while you're taking a sip of that. Um, had you and I done this, it, it would have been priceless. But unfortunately, I you know I misfired. So the other beer that I thought about drinking, which is also an Old Ox Brewery beer, 
is I am brute. So <laughs> how, how, would that, how would that have been if you had the brute Willis and I had the I am brute? That would have been too perfect. So we, we, uh, we misfired. We, we may have to, you know, do a, do a, a double take on that. But that so, would have sounded contrived and people would have thought that, that we would have been. these yeah. out, which of course we don't. So yes, indeed, indeed. <laughs> So again, welcome, welcome, Chris, to the show. And I know um, we want to talk about this this great new book that that is launching today, uh, and people can can get that on Amazon. And I know you want to talk about a promotion that's going on for today only um, that we'll get to in a little bit. But this book uh, that Chris wrote again, years and years of of working with sales engineers and selling teams. Chris, why don't you tell us a little bit about that background, just? kind of talking about where you came up through and how you got to the point where this book was something you really wanted to write. Yeah, uh, well, I have to, Scott. Um, you know, it's interesting, and, I, and I, write, I write about this, in fact, in the preface. I was out of college. I was an IT guy. I was a software engineer, mm. and I did IT consulting for about 10 years. And um, after, a, you know, a series of kind of, um, you know, self-discovery and, and actually worked with a career counselor, I discovered that I'd probably be pretty good in this role of sales engineer where I'm working with the sales teams, giving demonstrations. And frankly, when I first got into the role, I thought I was going to be great because I could move the mouse and talk at the same time and do so in front of an audience. And what I discovered very quickly was that there's a lot more to being an effective sales engineer than, than just being a, you know, a, a technical expert, a smart technical person that, that could talk in front of an audience. And, and I frankly had to learn what it meant to you know, have a sales process. And I discovered that there were things that I needed to do both early in a sales engagement, a pre-sales engagement, and then during a demonstration or a, or a sales presentation and conversation. And then after to effectively engage with customers and, and to get what I consider to be our goal, which is to get the technical win. And, and then after, after being in that role and, and succeeding very well and, and doing very well, I actually took on a management position and I was, I was managing a team of pre and post sales consultants. And I discovered frankly that they were making a lot of the same mistakes that I made when I first got into the role. And it wasn't that they were bad at their jobs. It, it, in fact, they, quite the contrary. They were very, very good technical consultants, but they didn't really understand what it meant to be in, in, in that role, in that technical process role. And so, and, and frankly, there wasn't really a lot of training available. So I created the first version of this training out of necessity about seven or eight years ago. And it's just kind of evolved from that. And, and over the years, I've kind of distilled it down to, as the name suggests, as, as you just mentioned, kind of the six core habits that I think are the most consistent of those sales engineers who are not only the most effective, but frankly, the most satisfied and, yeah. and get the most out of their, their work and enjoy working with their customers the most. So. Well, and it's, and it's great. It's so funny because as, as I've alluded to, and Chris mentioned, we kind of went a good 15, 20 years without seeing one another and then realized there were some parallels in what our career led us to. Uh, I actually had a, a short time with a CAD CAM software company where uh, Chris and I were just talking about the other day. I worked hand in hand with a, uh, 
a sales engineer and I went through a, a few of them, not, <laughs> not for bad reasons. We just had three that rotated through. We didn't really set it up as a sales team, but I love your first habit, which I want to kind of dive into. We may not have time for all six today, but yeah. this, this one I think is so important because to me, Chris, this is, this is less about just technical selling. This is partner selling in lots of different places, right? So in my circumstance, I was partnered with a technical, you know, demo expert. And, you know, one of the guys, and I won't name names to protect the innocent, was really, really good. Like a yeah. great storyteller, not just yeah. a you know, clicker of the mouse that you, like you said earlier. Yeah. And another guy was just much more of a, you know, he just went through a canned demo. And I think when, when I watched the customers react to that, I realized there is a huge difference in how those two went about their, their job, right? I mean, that, yeah. that's something you must have seen repeatedly through your career. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I saw, I've seen it time and time again. And, and frankly, I, I, I did it. You know, when I, when I first got, got into the role, to, you know, again, to a certain degree, I, I was used to just showing up and being the smart technical guy in the room. And I, I very quickly learned and I very quickly had to learn that, you know, what, what comes first is the team and what comes first, frankly, is the customer and the opportunity. And, and we're not going to win an opportunity if we can't help the, the customer understand how our solution is going to help them solve their problems or, or help them meet the objectives that they have. Right. So so to your point, so so habit number one is to partner from the from the vantage point of a sales engineer is to partner with your sales counterparts and to really treat it as a partnership. And, and you know, Scott, what's most interesting and, and frankly, one of the most satisfying things for me is I got, I really, this, this crystallized for me actually from a, from one of the sales guys that I worked with at one of the technology companies I was with, I was giving a seminar about three years ago and about a month before the seminar, I was telling him a little bit about, you know, the seminar and what I'd be talking about. And he said to me, he said, Chris, one of the things that made you particularly unique was that I always felt like you and I were partners in this. And I went, Matt, you just gave me habit number six. Yeah. And by the way, that's the, that's going to be the first one because the others really don't, matter as much and, yeah. and they, they don't work if it's not based on that foundation. And, and if, and if I may, just to make a, you know, a little, you know, kind of take this, this conversation half a step further. And, and, and you know, this, we've talked about this, you know, my, my favorite little saying there is sales is a team sport. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of people don't think about sales as that they think of it more as an individual sport, but I, I really truly have come to believe that it is in fact a team sport. Well, and you know, we talked and you've listened to a lot of these episodes that we talk about your coach, your, your manager, your leader as a part of your selling team, right? Because this is the person, as we've talked about on past episodes, that sees your blind spots, that can help you get better, that wants you to get better. You both yeah. benefit from, from getting better. So, so keep your coach as part of your sales team. Keep your technical uh, you know, liaison as part of that team. And you know, the, other, the other piece that I think is, is important to mention is, you know, sales is a team sport, regardless of whether it's a technical sale or not, right? I mean, I was thinking the other day about pharmaceutical reps, uh, yeah. you know, people that bring in a, an expert on a certain drug uh, to help them close a sale or, to, you know, teach a doctor something new. You know, this can apply to just about any industry, but what Chris has done is really perfected it for technology selling, which I think is, 
is super exciting. So that's great. I know, um, you know, before we get to another habit, um, one of the things that's interesting when Chris and I started talking is what really brought us back together uh, was when I was telling Chris about Aslan and my, my journey to join and, and sort of make a difference in sales consulting and helping those get better. And, and this podcast is just part of that. It's sort of giving back after all those years of, of doing it for a living that hopefully some people just learn from us and maybe from some of our, <laughs> some of our speed bumps and, and, and some of our victories, they, they learn something that helps them, you know, get through that process a little bit quicker. And I, Chris, I know you share that same sort of dream. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, Let's pick another habit. I know we, we, uh, we probably have time for a couple more, but what's your next uh, habit you think people could really benefit from on the phone? You know, um, I, I think the next one I'll, I'll touch on is, is actually number two, because I think it's one that is overlooked, particularly for sales engineers. And the, the habit, number, habit number two is to probe into customer requirements and, and, and really understand their objectives and, you know, it, it's, it's interesting, Scott, I've had a couple of people say, why, why did you use the term probe? And, um, you know, at, at the risk of being a bit of a spoiler, so, so all the habits begin with the letter P. And as I was, as I was going through this process, I was told, well, if you're going to create a framework, you've got to do something that makes it memorable. And alliteration is one of those things. So, um, so, so you know, all, all, the, all, all the habits begin with P. But it's really the process of discovery. And I think a lot of, my, my guess is, you know, I know a lot of your, the audience that you have for, for this podcast, most, many of them are in sales. And I think sales naturally understand discovery. But what I discovered, if I can overuse the term, along the way is that oftentimes the, the technical, sale, the sales engineers, or as you said, the, the experts that provide sales support, they were not invited into technical discovery or into discovery. And yet they were the ones who were showing up and presenting some of the core capabilities or talking about some of the most important aspects of the solution without really understanding, well, what is the customer looking for? And so I spent a lot of time, and, and frankly, in my career, when I was a sales engineer, what I discovered was that the, the technical discovery and really understanding what are their objectives, what are their requirements, and how does what, what our solutions offer, how do they fit in with what they're trying to do, and, and to be sure that what I'm actually presenting aligns with those things, that became one of the biggest indicators of success. That's frankly, both for ourselves and for our customers. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's so tightly integrated with, you know, what we, we here at Aslan do. I mean, we were talking a couple of weeks ago, Tom, who, you know, our CEO um, was, was discussing how objection handling can be both a blessing and a curse. If you do discovery well, especially technical discovery, like what you're talking about, but really any sort of discovery, if you do that well, you typically flush out future objections in the beginning. Exactly. If you don't do it well, objection handling can be handled later, and there's definitely ways and, and, and you know, you have an obligation to, to go through that. But really good discovery or probing, as you call it, uh, yeah. can eliminate some of that possibility. So that's, uh, exactly. that's, well, that's an excellent point. Well, and if I, and if I may, and, and, and I, th I think you, you know this, um, you know, I actually, I actually referenced one of the Aslan concepts because I, I felt like it fit in with some of my ideas so well and that's take the trip so it's it's not just doing discovery 
right? And, and by the way, that's stage one for a lot of sales engineers. And, and frankly, for a, for a lot of companies that sell technology products, their, their sales engineers don't get involved in tech discovery. So just, just including them is a good first step. But the other thing that I found was that when they did get involved in discovery, they would, the first moment they heard something that they thought they could, quote, hook the cart to, right? And, and a, a, a need or a problem or an object, you know, something that they were trying to accomplish that the solution could solve, they immediately jumped into sell, sell mode, right? They immediately jumped into explain mode. And, and you know, I, one of the things I talk about is when you're, when you're in discovery, stay in discovery, Right. You want to make sure, and that's the whole take the trip. You want to make sure you take the trip all the way around so you fully understand what it is that you're trying to do and, and actually come up with kind of the, the full approach or the full solution. I, I think that's a really good point. I mean, we've, we've cited many examples on Ales with Aslan and in our, in our training programs about the risk if you don't fully take the trip, right? Because yeah. you wind up solving part of a customer's problem, which might be okay, but yeah. both of you miss out on solving the whole problem, both you and the customer. And that's a shame. That's just a, that's, that's too bad if you don't get that far. And it's really an easy habit to build, to just listen longer and, and serve more really, as, as we say. So Indeed. as, as we, we probably have time for one more habit and then maybe you want to just treetop the other three and, and kind of, you know, leave it, leave it open for people to kind of read the rest. But yeah, let's yeah take absolutely. One more. Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll, I'll go to probably my favorite, which is habit number five, which is perform. And the, the, reason, the reason I like this one, and frankly, I've had a number of people kind of respond with sometimes with a little bit of surprise. Like, what do you mean perform? Like it's a performance. And, and what I've discovered over the years is that to a certain degree, the answer is yes. You know, at some point, you know, regardless of how effective the partnership is, which is critically important, regardless of how much discovery you do, as, as a sales engineer, at some point, the spotlight shines on you. And, and the audience and your colleagues are looking for you to deliver a message that's engaging, that makes sense, that's compelling, and to do so in a way that um, you know, kind of draws out all the uncertainty and, and frankly, gets to that technical win. And, and what I discovered is, again, o- over the years, there are, some, there are numerous very specific things that, that I, as a sales engineer, can do and, and really need to do to, to get to that, you know, to get to that, that technical win. Um, again, when I first got into the, to the, to the role, I, I think I treated a, a demonstration and a presentation more like training. Right. And it was more like, this is how you do this. And this is how you do that. And what I discovered is that's really not the role. One of the things I tell people is that uh, a sales demonstration or presentation, it's not training and it's not consulting. And, and we're really there to, to convince, not to teach, but to convince our audience, our prospects, right. That we have a solution and that we as a company and an organization are here to help them meet those needs. So, so that's, that's probably one. And if somebody were to pick it up and, and, you know, want to just go to one kind of chapter or one section, um, that habit, habit number five is, I think that's one of the funner, there's actually two chapters on that, on that, on that habit. Um, And frankly, that could have been a book in and of itself. I think I've got something like 20 specific tips and techniques 
Um, so that so that's one that that I that I think is to me that's where we kind of earn our stripes is when the spotlight shines on us. You know, that's that's excellent. Yeah, and it's funny because you know we're a sales training company. We consult. We help companies reframe the way they sell and. I always look at what we do as a little bit of a performance, right? Because there's Absolutely. an entertaining part. Like people respond well and learn better and maybe Absolutely. even make that transition from the logical side of their brain to the emotional side of their brain, which helps them with their decision-making when they're entertained and they're learning, you know, you know, we, tr we teach with movies, right? You've, Absolutely. you've always enjoyed, you know, some of the clips that we've shown and some of the, the content you've seen that helps people remember things because they associate it with that movie clip, right? I mean, exactly. you know, if the presenter's really good and funny and uses humor appropriately, then people kind of remember those things and it helps cement those. And I think as a sales engineer, you know, making the, the show, the screen light up and, and really accomplish a goal for that customer uh, in some fun and innovative way is, is a great way for well, those folks to learn. Well, exactly. And it's even simple things like using people's names, right? So, so it's being entertaining, but also connecting, right? Mm -hmm. and for. So, right. no. Yeah. Kind of being other-centered in some way. Uh, mm -hmm. It really flows nicely into your content as well. Well, mm -hmm. I know we've, uh, we've only got a few minutes left, and I want to give uh, you an opportunity to kind of tell us. I know today is launch day, so, you know, how do people get a hold of the book? How do they, how do they learn more about your training opportunities? How do you know, just kind of close us off with some, some helpful hints of how people can get more information. Yeah, great. Thanks, Scott. So the book is available officially today on Amazon. Um, as you said, it's the six habits of highly effective sales engineers. Um, to be very transparent with, with, your, with, with your listeners and our listeners, I am trying to spike on Amazon and, and sell as many books today <laughs> as possible. Yep. Um, so the Kindle version is in fact available today for 99 cents. So, um, there's no reason not to spend a buck and pick up a copy um, and maybe pick up a, you know, a couple copies and, and share it with some of your colleagues. Um, it is available also in a printed um, version. So for those of you who, who want to have you know, a, an actual book in your hand, of course, that's available as well. Um, I, I do have a website set up called demodoctor.com. I do have some online training available. And um, I, I plan to increase kind of, you know, the, the products that are available over the next six to 12 months. Um, and, you know, S Scott, you and I obviously are connected on LinkedIn. Love to have anybody who's listening to this, you know, can, you know, find me on LinkedIn, uh, start up a conversation. I do seminars, I run workshops. So would be delighted to, to speak to anybody, you know, about, about any of those, uh, you know, items. He has been Chris White. You can find his book, The Six Habits of Highly Effective Sales Engineers. We hope everybody has taken a, a couple ideas away from The Six Habits, but go read about them. Go, go look at uh, all six of them in their entirety. Uh, check out demodoctor.com. Uh, Chris is a great guy, I can assure you. He's a tremendous ex-high school football player, great father, great husband and uh, now accomplished author, potentially best-selling author. And uh, you are my third author to come on uh, Ales with Aslan. I'm building a little repertoire of uh, maybe I'm going to have like the Oprah book club only. It'll be the that's impressive. Yeah. I think, I think, you have a nice, <laughs> I think you have a nice little streak running. So that's great. Well, thanks very much for another episode of Ales with Aslan. We'll see you next week when we uncover more tips and tricks and ways to get through this life we call selling.